Hello and welcome to the Tuesday's Gone podcast. So today we're going to be talking about something that I find very interesting and that is how are we going to be secure online. Um, you know, you've probably seen the the title um, relating to the $5 million problem, um, which is what IBM released last year as being the average um, cost of a security incident for a business. Now, obviously, most people aren't going to be getting hit for £5 million, but, you know, it's all about percentages. If you have £10,000 and you lose 10% of that, you know, that's serious. It's a serious blow to anybody. Um, so today we're just going to be talking about a few things that maybe that we can do to prevent some of these problems for ourselves and our day-to-day life and as well um, just get a bit of awareness for, for some of the methods that people might use to leverage these attacks against us um, well my place of coming from talking about this is it's, it's an area that I find very interesting probably an area that I'd like to take my career in the future um, I'm currently a computer science student and uh I'm in my final year and doing my dissertation and my project uh, on cybersecurity, an area called privacy enhancing technologies, but that's that's much less exciting and interesting to talk about. Anyway, the first thing I would like to speak about is multi-factor authentication. I know, not exciting. It's the annoying thing that pops up whenever you try to log into your account and says, oh, go and get a text, give me the code. Um enter a, a code uh, from your authenticator app that they have now or whatever uh, this these might seem simple but these are basically essential now if you have anything that's important whatsoever you know banks um accounts online that you do business through um e- even anything that contains private or personal information you know your 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 photo storage application you know you need to be getting that lockdown because you don't want people having access to that simply because passwords for a lot of the time aren't enough because we're not very good at making good passwords you know all the stuff that we post online gives attackers massive leverage over us um you know you place photos online on your facebook account you place posts oh uh here's a nice picture of my dog daisy I can't remember the stat, but I'm pretty sure they've done uh, a, like a, a study or an investigation into, you know, people's passwords. And a, a massive proportion of people's passwords was their dog's name followed by their date of birth or some simple combination that is easily guessable. And so there's many tools online now that you just, you know, you... Uh, create you enter you know uh, a set of data about somebody that you've farmed from their social media accounts so say i've got her name her mother's name say you're trying to hack somebody you've got um their, their dog's name their address their road where they go on holidays every year their school the, the year they graduate you know you can pile a set of public information that they have and you know so keywords and numbers that are commonly used on their social media 
and then you stick that in and then it'll brute force you know guessing passwords and it's extremely effective because people aren't good at making those secure they 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 fall victim to going for stuff that they will remember but that's the problem is that we often have a bias of choosing things that you know we might like or enjoy so makes it much easier to guess unfortunately so gotta really have to cut that out you know or make it more exciting make it more well known on how to properly lock down our accounts so that other people can't see the information that we're posting you know information is power in that in that sort of world so it's just something that we have to be aware about um Another scary thing that's came out recently is AI ransomware attacks, uh, which basically is they take um, photos and video recordings and you know any sort of voice or facial uh, recording, and they can take that in different directions. So, you know, the voice version is. They'll take recordings of your voice, they'll make an AI model of your voice, and then you'll get a phone call, say, it's a parent of a child, and they'll ring, and it'll be their, it'll be an AI mimic of their son or daughter, and it'll be like, oh, we have your child, um, or, no, sorry, that's not, that's not how it goes, it'll be their voice, and they'll go, oh, mum and dad, please, you have to send, uh, eight million dollars to this address, or they're gonna kill me, you have to let me go. Which, with how developed these models are getting, can be extremely scary. Um, and so the, the thing now is that you're supposed to have a safe word with your family. You know, so if someone rings and goes, oh, we want money to release this person that you, this member of your family, you have to go, oh, well, what's the safe word? And, you know, obviously they won't have that. So if, just in case you actually did get abducted, you know, they would be able to take action. <laughs> But that's terrifying, and how easily that can be done. You don't have to hack anything to get that information. You don't have to do anything of massive difficulty. You know, I'm sure these pieces of software are available publicly to create AI. You've seen it all the time. I'm sure you've seen the advertisements of, you know, Donald Trump's voice being impersonated or Barack Obama or, you know, whoever they've got these models so if you've enough enough information online of you speaking they can pretty accurately make your voice replicated well enough to well say you had elderly parents and they get a phone call and maybe the connection wasn't great maybe they can't hear that well you know if it was roughly accurate then it'd be pretty convincing and that's just audio then there's a, a completely different uh avenue they can go with with deep fakes and and photos um you can you can you know deep fake a video or a picture send it to a victim and go you know look look this is your family member whoever and uh, we demand that you send us money we demand that you give us you know whatever the the ransom is that that they're setting out and again to most people to most regular people who aren't in that sort of space that's it can be very convincing 
So all of this data, in summary, is given people who don't have to do any hard work to get this data great leverage over you. So that is is my primary concern, the fact that we're just freely sharing this and how easily it can be used against you. And, you know, the tactics and methods of getting more in-depth information from people or deploying attacks on people has gotten fantastic and you know the main area this is an area it's called social engineering and what social engineering is it's if you're not familiar it is using um you know social tactics to get information get access to things without actually having to do any technical hacking it's it's a social hacking and so you know an example that i heard was let, let's do a scenario so if you're doing a penetration test which is you basically are going into a business um and you're trying to figure out the flaws in the business's security but you don't even have to be doing a penetration could, this could be a malicious actor this could be a, a hacker and they'll send an email and they'll say to just to a few members of staff at a company and they'll go oh hi i'm new to town i'm looking to get a job um can you recommend any good you know places in the local area that you know maybe that you you guys regularly grab lunches or anything that i can go and do i'm just trying to learn more about the the city and you know whatever and if they get a they get a bite they might get somebody replying go hey yeah yeah this is it's, it's lovely we go usually and get lunch at uh at this sandwich shop it's on the street uh usually on tuesdays i go okay thanks and they probably think nothing off it well, next time that they go there, the malicious actor or the penetration tester, depending on the scenario, will be sitting in there and they might have an RFID um, scanner. They might scan the badges and now they have access to the building that they work in. Or it could be much less technical than that. They could just be shoulder surfing. They could be you know, looking at what's going on on the screens, taking information that way. They could be recording voice conversations <clears throat> for additional, you know, just gathering as much information as possible, which is pretty scary. And it sort of leads us back to the the question, okay, so there's, there's plenty of ways that people are going to come after us. There's, you know, lots of technical and non-technical ways what can we do to, to to combat this now as an everyday person not not a massive business or just even a small business now everyone's a threat but it's just a regular individual with fairly low means and not nothing exciting no no reason to be targeted by a, a hacker you know why what we don't need to deploy crazy methods of of security to to protect ourselves to a fair extent. You know, you can never eliminate this threat, but you can make it annoying enough that you're 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 pretty good. 
I think for most people it's just about education and competence and knowing the basics. So we can cover a few. First is fishing attacks. And that's that's just technical jargon. It's really just people sending emails or phone calls or conversations even that they are fishing for information they're throwing out bait and they're hoping that you bite so they say they send an email and they'll go they'll disguise themselves as amazon they'll go oh your parcel uh, was failed to be delivered please uh, click this link and fill out the parcel uh, redemption form or the lost parcel form and it might look so on surprising it might be just a form it might you might not name address whatever or it could be more advanced it could be a clone of the website which they can do they can make it look like amazon's login screen you go to log into your amazon account the page refreshes you think oh that's weird you log in it's fine well what actually happened was they sent you to a fake page harvested your information whenever you entered your username and password and then whenever you hit enter it sent you to the real amazon page so you would have never even known that this wasn't a real amazon page <laughs> scary but yeah so fishing any emails that come from an unknown sender that sound weird if you didn't order a package just don't click any links all the time you know if, if you did order a package and it doesn't come go onto your app on your amazon or look it up separately don't click links like don't ever <laughs> that you're not expecting or that you're not uh, familiar with next would be as we talked about the start multi-factor authentication don't ignore it don't think it's just uh, an inconvenience because yes it's an inconvenience to you but it the inconvenience it can be to someone trying to get into your account you know it's again we think of hackers as people you know they're trying to break in and they're trying to steal all my money and they're trying to do everything like this it's like it could be just a local person trying to get access to your whatever you know you don't know who's trying to get access to your information you know it could be a, a local guy trying to get access to your your transactions to try and prove that you shoplift i don't know it could be something very menial but again you don't you don't want to present this risk so instead of someone being able to guess your password or being able to uh, yeah well if you they guess your password most people choose the same password for everything and i've been guilty of this too uh, just choosing the same password for every single website and so multi-factor authentication makes it so that oh you enter the information and then you need a code or you need to approve something on an authenticator app or you need to um provide something you need to have a key uh you know there's small uh, usb devices that are like uh, authentication keys that you need to have present to get into things this makes it unbelievably diff well for the average per- for a, a seasoned hacker someone who does this for a living and is very good at their job proper basement dweller extreme ultra hacker nerd they'll probably find a way around it but you know local 
local kid who's just trying to hack people for fun, it'll be a lot more difficult. So, multi-factor authentication. Get yourself an authenticator app, which usually works for a range of uh, accounts now. So, you, you know, your Twitter, everything could be linked to your Microsoft Authenticator app. You know, whatever. Just pick one. Have it set up. It's basic as well, but make sure your passwords are good. Make sure you've got high-quality, complex passwords that don't relate to anything in particular about you. So, you know, if you if you listen to Taylor Swift and you're the biggest Taylor Swift in the fan, Taylor Swift fan in the whole world, and you go to her concerts and you post about it, and you re, re you share um, competitions for her tickets, and you, you know whatever you post a lot about it don't have your password as taylor swift you know 2001 or whatever um what you need to do is just either google and and stuff offer a decent service where they create a password for you that's that's just a random string of letters like it's completely random and that is it's quite good it's quite secure but again like everything in the security world you have to balance security and effectiveness you know you could have a 500 character random string of letters and numbers and symbols quite hard to hack quite annoying every time you have to log into facebook to like your granny's birthday post you know so it's a balance um but just do the basics make get through symbols in there couple of numbers once in a while um, make it unrelatable to you so again if you're a Taylor Swift fan just have your password be like chocolate water bottle monitor computer 5 hashtag salt lamp or something that's just everything that was in front of me there but you know what I mean just make it random to even you next I would say make sure that you, that, well, this is just from personal experience, but if you're not, if you're going to be lazy, and everyone is, I, I'm the same, I don't have to, but if you're going to be lazy, and you're not going to make every single account super secure, and you're going to reuse passwords, and hope, I, it's going to happen, not everyone's going to be super conscious of this but if you're going to do anything make your primary email account bulletproof as po- as bulletproof as possible so when I mean, what i mean by that is multi-factor authentication super strong passwords um everything nail it down make that because if you like that's your email is like your safe you know, if someone can get into your email, then basically all the accounts that are connected to that email are compromised basically instantly. Because all you have to do is go onto that account, username, reset password, send me the code, send me the click the link to reset the password. All the all of the accounts connected to that email are compromised instantly. So, you know. He doesn't, an average hacker doesn't have to go, oh, 
and I don't need to hack into all these individual accounts. I just if I can get into the email address for the inbox, well, one I have access to a wealth of information that is probably private, banking statements, um, whatever. But I can also get access to any account that is connected. You know, it's very very simple. Uh, even bank accounts, you could get from an email address now. If if you have a good bank and you have a, if it's properly laid out, a lot of the time that in order to reset passwords and stuff with a physical bank, an online bank, they will send a physical letter to your house, which I think is is good. That's a it's a good measure to take because that's that's really really inconvenient. You have to camp outside someone's house and steal their letters in order to get into their online bank. And well, I'm sure there's other ways around other ways around it, but in general, make sure your email is bulletproof as possible you know yeah can't make it perfect um i'm trying to think is there any other areas that i think that most people need to be aware of in terms of what they can do on an everyday basis i suppose the basics, yeah. The things that are covered are, are the main things that you wanna that you wanna cover if you're just a regular person and you're doing this for your personal security. Whatever if we were to talk business. Now, if you're running a business that's a completely you know, you've opened yourself into uh, an entire field well, I suppose even personal privacy is an, an entire field and entire you could talk forever, but it's much more simple because it's less comprehensive you know the, the business security is is big business it's one of the fastest growing industries in the world um it's something that i'm very interested in i think i would like to work in that industry but in many respects that industry has been has been coming going for years and you know it's it's a very rapidly changing environment because for example even just attack vectors you know so more jargon different methods of attack um on a particular item the good guys figure out what the bad guys are doing and the bad guys just change it and there's so many different holes and flaws that makes it very hard to, to fix these things but i suppose with personal accounts and personal security you know you're only using commercially available accounts um and thankfully they receive regular updates that is another pretty good point actually is just keep make sure you're keeping all of your devices all of your apps updated and again it's annoying you know, you, you're trying to do a bit of work, you're trying to watch something, you're trying to play a, a game, and it pops up, oh, please update or uh, approve update for 12pm tonight, or update now, or you turn on your computer and it's auto-updating. It's annoying. There are reasons for it. It's boring technical nonsense that you would never even care to know, but it's important. So I think, I think a lot of the key areas of why we need to push education and um, 
education and competence in security is you know a lot of even online and on social media a lot of the big security cybersecurity influencers a lot of the boys who are doing big podcasts i i watch and i respect a lot of them because they're they've done what i want to do you know you're dave bumble you're um john hammond all these people a lot of their focus is on young technical um young technical people who are not even young technical people that's very biased technical people who are looking to go into that field and and work and do it commercially for businesses and things like this i think it's a lot less talked about and education isn't as widely available or as good um just for regular personal security because i think people have just um gotten complacent and think that it's a given you know oh yeah passwords and yeah yeah i should probably not use the same password for every account and people get bored of it but i think it's important to take the time to reiterate it and give a bit of backstory on you know why you need to do this because people think oh yeah just just uh yeah strong password but you know there's never an explanation on what what is a strong password or why why you need it or how easy it is to bypass something like that and just highlighting the dangers i think whenever the dangers are highlighted the rest follows so yeah there's another another small discussion about why we need to be conscious about our online security because everything's everything our entire lives all of our banks all of our communication all of our jobs everything is is stored online and i think the least that we can do is you know try and protect it you wouldn't know you wouldn't own a house and not put a front door on it type of thing but it's been a real it's been a it's been an interesting conversation it's an area that i find very interesting um you know obviously i as i said before i'm studying this i'm a student of all these things trying to improve my own knowledge i don't you know there's it's a massive field it's a massive area i'm sure maybe some of you who are into that can let me know you know what i've missed what what maybe i've been inaccurate about what i need to explain further and what to talk about next you know we've covered a bit of financial stuff we've covered a bit of personal personal growth um social media and how that's damaging which you know that's obviously that's one of my that's one of my big points i think i think social media is a big a big uh, a damaging factor in today's society and then you know how to how to stay safe online in some very basic terms but anyway we'll be back we'll be back next week with another episode um and thank you Goodbye.